0: Good to see you all today. Thank you for being a part of worship, whether you're sitting in front of me or sitting at home. You know, in the last few weeks, I have been with people and in communication with people in all kinds of circumstances and situations. I've been with people who have lost a family member or a loved one. I've been with people facing the biggest challenge in their life. I've listened and I've tried to support people and tried to offer something that might be of value or encouragement to them. And one of the things that comes up repeatedly in situations like these is the question and issue of trust. Because it isn't that hard to trust God when everything is going wonderfully well in your life. Is it? I don't think so. It's precisely when life is not wonderful, when life is difficult and challenging, when you're hurting, when you're scared, when you're angry or fearful or frightened, that trusting God can be more challenging. And yet it's precisely then when it's even more important. As we've been journeying through the books of the Bible, we meet and we continue to meet people in very challenging or difficult circumstances who must decide, am I gonna trust God in this situation or am I gonna trust someone or something else? And the Bible reminds us over and over again that you are invited to trust in and rely on God in every season of your life. And you're invited to commit your heart, your future, your hopes to God. And the scriptures repeatedly urge you to trust God for strength, no matter what the situation is that's going on in your life. Every day, every week, you and I face situations where you have to decide, are you going to trust God or not? Will your heart be fully committed to the Lord first and foremost or not? Do you believe that the eyes of the Lord are upon you every day of your life or not? Do you think God can give you strength to overcome your fear, to get you through a trial, a test, or a temptation or not? Every day you face the decision, will I trust God for strength? Today's scripture is about a king named King Asa of Judah. And after the reign of King Solomon, here's your brief history lesson, the nation of Israel split into two kingdoms, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. And there was almost constant conflict between Israel and Judah. Asa is the fifth king of the Davidic dynasty in ruling Judah, the southern kingdom. And he ruled for a long time, for about 40 years from about 913 to 873 BC. And for most of his reign, he was a faithful and a good leader. His main adversary was Baesa, who was the king of Israel, who moved against the south and began fortifying the city of Ramah just five miles north of Jerusalem, trying to impose a blockade on Judah's capital. So in the 36th year of his reign, Asa had a decision to make. Would he trust God for strength and rely on the Lord, or would he give in to fear and seek another solution to this threat? And unfortunately, Asa gave in to his fears, and he chose a political scheme. And he offered silver, gold, and treasures from the house of the Lord, as well as from his own house, to King Ben-Hadad of Aram to break the alliance that he had with Israel and to invade it, to relieve the pressure on Judah. The king of Aram took the bribe and then attacked Israel. And that drew Baasha away and allowed Asa to reinforce two nearby towns to Jerusalem. So Asa is really pleased with himself. He thinks he did a good job. He thought he had been successful in achieving his political goals. And while fearfully bribing and buying allies to help one's own political ends is an ancient strategy, God did not look on it favorably, which brings us to today's scripture from 2 Chronicles chapter 16. At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. Asa was angry with the seer because of this. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. This is our uplifting scripture for today. (laughs) It's always lessons to be learned. Well, according to the prophet or seer Hanani, God's intent had been to give Asa victory not only over Israel, but also over Aram. But because Asa had acted out of fear and a lack of faith and trust, relying on a foreign king for a political military solution rather than relying on God, the prophet said he was going to be at war and in conflict from now on. Asa didn't trust the Lord for strength, and because of that, he missed an opportunity for victory. Even worse... Instead of confessing he was wrong and that he had demonstrated poor judgment and a lack of wisdom and a lack of strength in a crisis, Asa compounds his mistake when he responds angrily against the prophet who had told him the truth and he throws the prophet in prison. And the king's anger and lack of faith also caused him to lose his sense of right and wrong. And of being accountable to God, and after jailing God's prophet, we're told he brutally oppressed some of his own people. These are not the actions of a godly leader, but we understand how it happens, and it still happens in the world in our time. It's a very human reaction to respond angrily when someone tells us something that is true that we don't want to hear. So we blame the messenger, and we lash out rather than accepting the truth and accepting responsibility for our failure. And this is something that can happen from the greatest to the least. Asa lived and ruled well for 35 years, and then he made a serious error in judgment that had costly consequences and cast a shadow over the final six years of his life. He missed the true treasure in the house of the Lord. He thought the treasure in the house of the Lord was the silver and the gold. It wasn't. The true treasure in the house of the Lord was God's strength. But he failed to tap into it in his time of need. He saw the material wealth and he missed the Lord's presence. And when he lost his faith, he also lost his ability to be self-critical and his sense of human decency, and he begins throwing people into prison without any reason or cause or justification. And Asa's story to me is a warning. It's a warning against spiritual complacency because he suffered what the Apostle Paul calls a shipwreck of faith because he lost his faith and trust in God. He got scared. And he lost his faith and trust in God. If you want to have a steady walk with God in your life, the key is you need to have a steady walk with God in the ordinary days of your life. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. So that when you have an emergency, when you have a crisis, you will naturally look to find strength in God because that's what you've been doing already. Does that make sense? If sin or poor judgment intrudes, then you seek to repair the damage by humbly seeking God's forgiveness as well as the forgiveness of others. Asa fails to do so. Now, Hanani, like the prophet Isaiah, Contrast seeking military aid from another country with relying on God. And in a crisis, the way I look at Asa is, he looked around for help rather than looking up for help. He looked around for help rather than looking up for help. And he forgot to trust God for strength. And if Asa is an example of how not to respond in a crisis... I think the Apostle Paul is a good example of how to respond. Listen to how Paul responded to a crisis that threatened his life. This is found in 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verses 8 through 10. And Paul writing to the church says, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction that we suffered or experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope so that He will rescue us again. Wow. That's someone who is relying on and looking to God for strength, for hope. As followers of Christ, we know, and if you don't know, you should know, and I'm telling you, so now you do know, there will be difficult days of affliction in your life. Being a Christian, being a person of faith does not mean you will never suffer, you'll never face difficulty, you'll never face hardships. We don't know when they're going to come, that's the challenge. But we know they will come. They are a part of life on this earth. And Every week there are people in this room, there are people watching this service at home who are coping with physical problems. With grief, with financial challenges, with marriage, family, and relational issues, with addictions, with situations at school or at work, the list is as long as there are many people here and watching. They are unique to each of us. And like Asa, Paul, and every other believer, you have to decide in your life and whatever you are facing, will I rely on God for strength? Will I look to God for strength in every season, and every situation in my life? And although the book of Chronicles overall reflects a belief that faithfulness leads to blessing, unfaithfulness leads to being cursed or really being in trouble, it's really important to understand that's only true to an extent. Because the seer or the prophet, Hanani, he is absolutely faithful in proclaiming God's truth to the king at the risk of his own life, and his reward is not blessing. His reward is being thrown into prison. So just because you're faithful, it doesn't guarantee everything's going to be, as my mother used to say to us, moonlight and roses. It may be hard precisely because you are faithful and you do the right thing. Hanani, like the prophet Jeremiah, suffers for being a faithful witness to the Lord and to the truth. You know, this month as we're receiving the world mission offering, and I'm praying for different missionaries throughout this month, and I think about them and our partners, so many of whom are serving the Lord in conditions in the countries where they are so much more difficult than it is for those of us who live here in the United States and how much strength and courage and trusting faith it takes to witness to God where they are living. And yet I take comfort in believing and trusting as the scriptures tell us that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching us, looking for those who are faithful and fully committed to Him. We shared some of those scriptures that refer to how many times the Bible talks about the eyes of the Lord are upon us. You know, it's interesting all the new inventions and tech stuff people have now, right? Where now you can see your, you can be halfway around the world and people have cameras in their homes and they can look at their homes. They've got cameras on their doorbells to see who's at your door. And, you know, there's all these things like every, we are being watched all the time. You know, it's a little scary. Well, the Bible said a long time ago, the eyes of the Lord are upon you all the time. There's an old gospel song. We sang it not too long ago. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. But my question for you today is actually the other side of that. The eyes of the Lord are on you. The question is, are your eyes on the Lord? Do you look to God for strength? that you need to get through a trial, a test, or a temptation, or not. There's a song about faith that you're going to hear in a little bit called The Voice of Truth by Casting Crowns. Some of you know that song. But the lyrics say, in part, out of my comfort zone and into the realm of the unknown, where Jesus is, that's where we want to be. And it talks about the voices telling me time and time again, you'll never win, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says this, meaning whatever adversity you're going through, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling to me, I will choose to listen to and believe the voice of truth. Jesus is the voice of truth, and I will listen to you. Even Jesus himself In his most difficult moments of his life, in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross, he looked to God for strength to endure those terrible hours. How much better would your life be? How much better off would the world be if we listened and followed the voice of truth? If we look to God for strength in our moments of testing and temptation, if we could receive the truth with grace, even when that's difficult. If we were able to humbly admit our failures rather than lashing out in anger at others. This week when you face a difficult moment, don't be like King Asa, be like Hanani, be like Paul, be like Jesus who looked to God for strength and were faithful, even when their faithfulness meant greater hardship and not less. Asa ruled well for 35 years. You would think, wow, isn't that wonderful? But his lack of faith and trust and poor judgment meant he finished poorly. And if we want to finish well, if we want to run strong to the end of our life, We need to look to the Lord for strength and to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Many of you know that the Boston Marathon has been disrupted the last couple of years because of COVID. And it's actually going to be run tomorrow up in Boston. And as someone who grew up very close to that course where it went through Brookline, you know that the people who got to you in Brookline had made it over Heartbreak Hill in Newton. And the thing about Heartbreak Hill and the Boston Marathon is everyone knows exactly where it happens. And people even practice running the course. You can practice. You know exactly at what point in the race it's coming. The thing in life is you don't know. In life, you don't know when you're going to come around a corner and all of a sudden you're staring up Heartbreak Hill and you need the Lord's strength to run well to the end. When he died in 2006 at his home in Texas at the age of 94, Byron Nelson Byron Nelson, was known as one of the greatest golfers of all time. His pastor, Rick Atchley, who was senior minister of the Richland Hills Church of Christ at the time, said about Nelson, we can debate over which man was the greatest golfer, but we can never debate which golfer was the greatest man. Nelson touched many lives throughout his life as a friend, a teacher, a role model. He was a deeply religious Christian man, and it showed mostly through his devotion to his church. His place in golf history is sealed by his 52 wins, including five majors, and he was a runner-up in six others, and a whopping 18 victories in one year in 1945. And anyone who has ever played golf can only marvel at his most significant feat, which was an 11 tournament winning streak that year in 1945. He won 11 golf tournaments in a row. Nelson was always giving, from notes to advice to things he carved in his beloved woodworking shop on his ranch. And in the shop when he died at 94 years old were 14 different clocks in various stages of being built. Among the final products that he made were a dozen slivers branded with a psalm for each member of the U.S. Ryder Cup team. He said in a 1997 interview with the AP, I don't know very much. I know a little about golf. I know how to make a stew. And I know how to be a decent man. A tribute said of Nelson, his legacy of kindness humility, and reaching out to help others in need will long outlive the legacy he left us on the golf course. Byron Nelson was someone who looked to the Lord for strength and he finished strong. The last words he spoke to his wife as she left for her Bible study at church before he died were, I'm so proud of you. Christian businessman J.C. Penney once said, I'm grateful for all of my problems. After each one was overcome, I became stronger and more able to meet those that were still to come. I grew through all my difficulties. What an incredible statement to be able to make. I grew through all my difficulties. All throughout your life, God is looking at you and to you even in the midst of your difficulties and in the midst of your successes. And the question for you is, will you look to God for strength? Will you be fully committed to the Lord? For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the entire earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. If you want the Lord to strengthen you today, whatever you're facing, then be fully committed to the Lord. And I pray, I hope, you will rely on God for strength this week and that you'll experience the power of God in your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of your word. And I want to pray especially today for all of us who may be facing a particular difficulty or challenge And God, I pray that you would pour out your strength and your power, help us to look to you, to help us, to equip us, to give us wisdom and perseverance, that we might be faithful in those challenging moments in our life. And God, we thank you that you are a God of truth. And we pray that you would help us to hear your voice above and through all the noise, and every other voice that would seek to lead us astray. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.